Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Book AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. Folks, it is amazing that we are still reeling, still reeling from the first bombshell hearing for the 1-6 House Commission. I have to tell you that this country is so fucking wild. Like it, I, I, I forgive me because I'm stalling in my brain right now, just trying to think about what part I want to start with first. But here's what I will say. I'll start off with this Fox news, not playing the insurrection and not only not playing it with sound, but doing their whole, you know, live time maneuvering and editing to try and shelter their audiences from reality. Right. And then having the audacity of that piece of shit, Tucker Carlson going on and saying, oh, this is just all propaganda. You're the only network. And I know that you guys think that it's like a badge of honor to be the only network that isn't covering reality because you're so terrified, right, of what it is that your viewers are going to think that you have to think for them, that you have to shield them because they are a bunch of radicalized children and God knows what they will do or what they will say. When you start to create a monster and then eventually that monster will turn on you. It is only a matter of time. But now I just want to go to the content of what it is that we saw. First of all, to see these video images, it these at these different angles to see the brutality to see the force with which this white domestic terrorist mob took and descended upon our capitol building and watching the faces of these capitol police officers is particularly the one that gave her testimony the republican party is supposed to be the party that believes in blue lives that believes in the military but I realize that everything about them is just 
as fraudulent as Fox News. Everything is just about, like, they think that patriotism is going to Old Navy the day before the 4th of July and getting themselves donned in head-to-toe American flag gear. That's to the extent of their understanding of patriotism in the Republican Party. They don't understand at all the Constitution, the context of it, democracy, and what democracy is actually supposed to look like, which is that, hey, you vote, your candidate doesn't win, you say, oh, that sucks, you go back, you figure out what it is that you need to do to engage the American public, you do that, and then you get another bite at the apple. You don't do what Donald Trump did, which was say, nah, fuck it, I'm just not going to leave. Spread an entire lie put up over 60 court cases that get laughed out of court. And then when that doesn't work, create your own militia and then have them descend upon the Capitol building in search of your vice president, who you believe is treasonous because he refuses to go along with the big lie, as does your own fucking daughter, the attorney general, and the entire circle of people around you who said you lost, right? I just don't understand, like, the character of these people. And they just, they don't have any. And and I guess that that's what gets me to this place is that we continue to refer to Republicans as if they are a legitimate political party, as if all that they have is a difference in ideology. This is not about a difference in ideology between two groups. This is about one that refuses to deal with reality and instead creates their own, is terrified of people of color and The fear extends so greatly to the shifting demographic that you foresee that all you need to do is descend upon these communities with abject violence, have the courts in your pocket, and then all is going to go well. I'm looking around this place and I'm saying America is a fucking tinderbox. And we are about one step away from just a full out blown civil war. And You know, I don't think that these people, if in fact they will ever be reflective, reflective, ever reflect, excuse me, over what it is that they have sided with, if any of them will ever have an epiphany. Like, I didn't know that you could get brainwashed into a cult. And I don't even want to say that they're brainwashed because frankly, that doesn't allow them to hold responsibility for the decisions that they're making. You know, I did TV over the weekend and, you know, Katie Fang on MSNBC, she said, you know, do you think that Liz Cheney, who voted with Donald Trump 90% of the time, is going to be remembered in history as this great, you know, person of courage? And I said, here's the thing that pisses me off is that Liz Cheney actually agrees with every single abysmal, racist, misogynistic, you know, anti-American policy that Donald Trump put forth. The only thing that she didn't agree with was that our election was stolen. And for that, she was turned into an incredible villain. This bitch is a Cheney. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, How is history going to remember her? The way that we remember everyone in history, regardless of how terrible they were, how horrible their parents were, all of their connections to the demise of our democracy and to limiting the voice of the people, she'll be remembered as a hero. If in fact, by then we have history books that tell the truth at all. So, you know, I want to applaud on one hand, 
you know, Liz Cheney for what? Grasping reality. But at the same time, I'm like, Liz Cheney was terrible for America, right? Like she has not done good for this country outside of this one thing. But our attention spans are short and our memories even shorter, which is why, you know, I hope that the one six house commission goes out with the same energy that they came in with. Meaning that I hope that the closing is in prime time at 7 PM. You know, today's edition is going to be at 10 in the morning where people work. So I'm just like, again, do this thing, right? Have it every, you know, not every night, but have it weekly 7 PM for the next, you know, six weeks or however many weeks that it's supposed to be, but do it in prime time and do it when people are sitting down with their families at home and everyone can gather around and then pummel it all of the days in between on social media, on radio, on every single television show, on every single network. It's the most important thing that people should be watching right now. Right? And so where it leads us, folks, I still don't know. Our friend Glenn Kirshner is coming up next, and he's going to walk us through everything that we saw, why it is important, and what he believes that the Department of Justice will be doing. But I don't know. I will say that it was jaw-dropping right? Jaw dropping. The fact that we know that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys met ahead of time. The fact that they weren't even in attendance at the president's speech at that time because they were getting ready to lay out their plan to take over the Capitol building, right? Donald Trump absent for 187 minutes and Vice President Pence is acting as president calling on the National Guard. What is Donald Trump doing for 187 minutes? Well, I said on Eamon Mohadeen's show that Donald Trump wasn't in charge of the White House or America, for that matter, in that 187 minutes, because he was leading the insurrection from inside of the White House, right? People are like, what was Donald Trump doing? He was in coordination, I am 100% sure, with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, you know, the group that he told to stand back and stand by, and who, after saying such, what we learned from the first hearing is that membership within those organizations tripled after Donald Trump called them into arms and into action. So, you know... When we say, oh, well, we have to prove in the court of law, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, this country throws innocent black and brown people in jail all the fucking time for life sentences for shit that they did not do. So you're telling me that again, once again, for a wealthy white man who is powerful, the burden of proof is outside of our stratosphere. Donald Trump told these people after his entire inner circle told him that he lost the election well before January 6th, decided that he was going to continue spreading this lie. He knew. He knew. And how do you tell him? Because his attorney general told him, his pollster told him, his own family members told him that he lost. He just refused not to believe it. Right? but to accept it. And those to me are two different fucking things. Donald Trump didn't choose to believe it because he believed an alternative thing. No, he refused to accept those results. And I think that that's the language that needs to have a shift here. Ugh. 
I just am tired of living in this alarmed state where I'm wondering whether or not everyone is just in cahoots. And the only people who aren't, right, are those of us that are black and brown, low income, or from other marginalized groups. We're the ones that are not in on the joke because I'm like, is the Department of Justice just waiting for this documentary series to be finished and then they're going to rain down in, with indictments? Because I got to tell you the 20 million Americans, and that's not even the real number. That's just the Nielsen number of like one screen in one home. You're not talking about the people that were watching on streaming. I guarantee you that that number of people that viewed the first day of the hearing is much higher. They saw all of the evidence, all of the, these things unfold. And you're going to tell me that everyone is just going to accept the fact that the Department of Justice isn't going to do anything with the actual architect, Donald Trump? I think that you're setting up more dangerous precedent than investigating and indicting a former president. So we will see. Coming up next, my conversation with our friend Glenn Kirshner about the first first installment of this very long summertime series blockbuster hit insurrection who done it hey i'm david plotz of slice political gab fest as another election season accelerates it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news each week on the gab fest john dickerson emily bazelon and i decipher the headlines break down the races and tell you what issues really matter we do not always agree we definitely do not always agree but we always deliver thoughtful debate and we always have a good time so subscribe to slate's political gap fest new episodes every thursday Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Folks, you know that when I have the opportunity to speak with our friend, host of Justice Matters and MSNBC legal analyst, I am always thrilled, although we often talk about things that are terrible. Glenn, it has finally happened. The first public uh, hearing, um, episode one of America's Reminder of the Insurrection Give us everything about what it is you saw picked up. And is this just infotainment or is it going to turn into something of substance like charges? Yeah, Danielle, last night was a phenomenal opening statement that the jury heard. Uh, the jury, of course, is we the people to the extent we the people tuned in. And I think a lot of folks did. Um, it was a, a remarkable opening statement setting out the evidence that the J6 committee has amassed showing that Donald Trump 
was at the center of this conspiracy. That's what Representative Thompson said. That's what Representative Cheney said. They said it was a sprawling, multiple step conspiracy to deny the voters of America. Um, and what I was most surprised by was that the evidence we saw last night through the video clips of witnesses, mm -hmm. they were almost exclusively Republicans. They're going to prove this case in large part with the voices and the testimony and the evidence provided by Republicans. That helps draw the sting for out of the criticism that will come that this is just partisan politics. You know who the first witness we saw a clip of? What? Bill Barr. I didn't expect that. Bill Barr, they put him up there and I will go with the unredacted version, even though I don't ordinarily cuss on TV or on podcasts. Yes. He said, I told the president his claims of election fraud were bullshit. And I told him over and over again. The reason it was so important that they start with that was one, that's incriminating evidence from his own attorney general. And two, it provides direct evidence of the only minimally open question we have. It's really, I'll call it a faux open question. Did Donald Trump do all this with corrupt intent, with a guilty state of mind, with criminal mens rea? Yes, he did. And Bill Barr, right at the beginning of the hearings, told you he did. And then they continued to play clips, but incriminating clips by Jason Miller and Alex Cannon, who, who knew who, who Alex Cannon was, a Republican pollster who walked in and told Trump you lost. And um, Mark Short and, you know, all of these Republicans who are proving the case against Donald Trump and Ivanka, of all people. They played a clip of Ivanka saying, I'm going to paraphrase here. Mm -hmm. I believe Bill Barr. I did not believe my father. No. <laughs> that was the only clip they played of her. Uh, they, were asked, they were asking her in videotaped uh, testimony, right. you know, what did you make of Bill Barr, you know, contradicting your father and saying the election was not stolen, was not fraudulent. And she said, yeah, I, I took to heart what Bill Barr said. In, uh, in other words, I didn't believe. And of course, Trump has now truth socialed, not tweeted, but truth socialed. I call it sending out a lie, not a tweet. But Pretty when you much. do it, when Trump does it, you, you, you lie something out on truth social. And he threw Ivanka under the bus. Ivanka Trump had checked out. She didn't know, blah, 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 blah. She's just trying to be nice to Bill Barr. I mean. She's just that trying that to be nice to Bill Barr. Yeah. Bill Barr is not her dad. Right. Yeah. Bill Barr is the attorney general of the United States at that time. And what she is saying, I'm not part of this conspiracy. I'm right. not part of this big lie. I'm not like my brothers who have continued to be on social media upholding my father's lie. And the other thing that Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney told us was um, that not only Scott Perry. Now, remember, Scott Perry was pushing this treasonous lawyer, Jeffrey Clark, from the Department of Justice on Donald Trump saying, hey, make this guy your attorney general because he'll weaponize the Department of Justice and he'll lie and say the election was stolen. Take him, take him, take him. So Trump wanted Jeffrey Clark 
Yep. And then what did we learn? Well, Scott Perry begged for a presidential pardon. And it wasn't only Scott Perry. Liz Cheney told us other Republican members of Congress sought presidential pardons for their role in the insurrection. And pocket pardons are about to make a comeback and hit the news in a very big way, uh, I predict. And here's the other thing we heard about pardons. They played a clip of Jared Kushner, no. who if, if you can't imagine a scenario that would make him even more distasteful to you, that clip did it. And here's, here's the clip they played. Uh -huh. They said, the chief of uh, the, the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, Mm -hmm. threatened to resign because Donald Trump was trying to corruptly overturn the election's results. That's a big deal when the White House counsel threatens to resign because the president is trying to kill the democracy. And who did he report this to trying to make his way to the president? Jared Kushner. And you know what the one clip they played of Jared Kushner's testimony was? He said, yeah, yeah, Pat Cipollone, you know, saying he's going to resign. I was busy working on getting as many pardons out as I could before Trump, before the end of Trump's turn. So I just took Pat Cipollona's whining about stuff. So here, here's the good news, Danielle. <laughs> I'm, I'm outdone. I am Here's the good done. news. Last yeah. night, Jared Kushner moved closer in my estimation to becoming a charged defendant in the conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States based on that clip alone. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. And so I think pocket pardons are going to make a comeback in a big way very soon. And I, and I say that because of another important data point, which was when Kellyanne Conway wrote a book, I don't know if it's alternative facts or not, but in her book, she said at the in end her, of his term, in her, in her very low selling book, yeah, go on at the end of Trump's turn, he term, he ambles up to her and says, this is her, her word. Hey, honey, you want a pardon? And she's like, I don't think I did anything wrong. Ah, just take one. Everybody's going to need one, right? Like it's a party favor? It's, it's, it is. It's a parting gift. You know, you, you hey, take your box of rice aroni and thanks for playing. So, but here's the thing, Danielle, if he unsolicited offered Kellyanne a blanket pardon, do you really think he didn't give everybody else pardons? Those people who were closer to him, his family members, his criminal associates. So pocket pardons, which I've been, yelling and screaming about for a, more than a year right. are going to make a comeback in a big way. But last night, Danielle, it was a pitch perfect opening statement. And let me hasten to add, mm -hmm. I, you know, Benny Thompson, who opened the proceedings and who has this brilliant, understated, earnest presentation of information to us. I could listen to him talk all day. And then Liz Cheney, who has this direct, in-your-face, unflinching, these are the crimes Donald Trump committed. Let's not lose sight of the fact that the people fighting their asses off to save our democracy, an African-American man, chairman of the J6 committee, a white woman, vice chair of the J6 committee, and they are fighting against who? Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani. Mike Flynn, Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, Jeffrey Clark, John Eastman, Don Jr., Mo mm, Brooks, mm. Jim Jordan, Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley. 
a whole bunch of corrupt, egomaniacal, power-hungry, grubbing white men. Now, that just is what it is. Mm. But, but there's something very important about those two people who are fighting their asses off for us and that batch of men who are trying to destroy our democracy and propping up a criminal former president in the process. Glenn, I mean, this is one of the most earth shattering things that has happened in this country. This presentation lays out everything that we've been talking about for well over a year, everything that we have known. The question that I have is, is, and I, I, I can't stand to say this, is it enough? Is this just speaking to the choir who has been disgusted by what they have seen, who has been disgusted by what we know and continue to see the bar be raised higher and higher, the threshold get larger and larger for proof that there was willful intent to overturn the government. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. And, and Danielle, I, and I'm with you. Um, I, I did a piece, I think it went up yesterday or the day before on MSNBC Daily. And it talked about you know, how it seems like the investigation is turned on its head, at least as compared to the way federal prosecutors normally investigate, you know, enormous criminal conspiracies. DOJ wants to go first, and then they want Congress to go second, because DOJ needs to get a hold of these witnesses, put them in the grand jury, lock in their testimony so they can be used effectively in future prosecutions. And then they give them over to Congress, if at all, to do Congress's legislative investigation. This, so the, the, the premise of my piece is, mm -hmm. is there a method to this investigative madness? And I try to answer that in as deep a way as I can with the word restrictions. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I went on several thousand words and mm -hmm. got cut down, but that's okay. I love the editors. I really do because they polish up my work something fierce. Um, there, there is a method to this investigative madness. Mm -hmm. The show we saw last night and that we will see for six weeks running is so important on the transparency front for the American people to see with their own eyes before criminal indictments are handed down and we're now watching trials. The reason I say that is because had the Department of Justice gone first with these thousand plus witnesses, put them all in the grand jury, first of all, I know my brother and sister federal prosecutors. They couldn't have done it as quickly as J6 committee did it. I am confident okay. of that. So they would still be trying to grand jury witnesses. Every single witness who testified before the grand jury, that would have been secret by law forever, unless and until they testified mm -hmm. at a trial, which could be three years down the road. And the American people would know nothing about what those thousand witnesses saw or knew or did or tried to stop Trump from doing because it would have been buried in the secrecy of the grand jury for years and potentially forever. Now with J6 going first, we get it all. We, the people get all that information and then the criminal prosecutions will commence thereafter. I'm convinced. 
And that's just one of the benefits. Other benefits is if we took all these knuckleheads like Don Jr., Ivanka, Rudy, and Jared, all of whom testified to the J6 committee, and we now know some of them incriminated Donald Trump. If we took them, instead of putting them in front of the J6 committee, if DOJ delivered them grand jury subpoenas first, they would have invoked their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. They wouldn't have testified at all. So, we didn't got so the yeah. fact that J6 went okay. first, because J6, when you get a witness in front of that committee, we don't have to tell them, hey, guess what? You're a subject or a target of this investigation. You have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. You do not have to testify if you don't want to. But we are legally obligated to tell those same people that precise thing before we present them to the grand jury. That has a chilling effect. It shuts them down. So the fact that J6 went first created incriminating information that would never have been created had the Department of Justice gone first. Give me one more. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm running on. No, no, no. Because J6 went first, people incriminated themselves in dramatic ways. And what by people, I mean Mark Meadows, Steve Bannon, Dan Scavino, and, and, and uh, who's the, oh, Peter Navarro. For well, openers. Peter Navarro's been, yeah. been just those four television. people, Danielle. What they did was they defied congressional subpoenas. They committed the crime of mm-hmm. contempt of Congress. I know only two have been indicted, two haven't. They're misdemeanor right, cases. Right. I don't care so much about the two who haven't been indicted. That doesn't mean Meadows is in the clear, by the way. That means for policy reason, they didn't want to indict a chief of staff for the president. I, I disagree with that, but it's small potatoes. Those four men, air quotes, because they don't deserve the title, they committed the crime of contempt of Congress in their determination to cover up the crimes of Donald Trump. That constitutes additional crimes of accessory after the fact, misprision of the felony. It helps prove their co-conspirators. Those four men provided to the, to the government, whether it's prosecutors or J6 investigate, investigators, powerfully incriminating information about themselves and by extension about Donald Trump. That never would have happened if DOJ right. went first because a federal grand jury subpoena, one, they wouldn't have blown it off. They would have just gone in and pled the fifth. And two, if they did blow it off, the U.S. Marshals would have knocked down their door, dragged them by the scruff of their neck into court, and they would have been presented to the grand jury, and then they would have pled the fifth. And none of that incriminating information that has been developed by the J6 committee would have been developed if the Department of Justice went first. I don't know if this was the plan. I don't know if it's serendipity. I don't know if it's a combination of those two things, but I can make the argument that it was a smart tactical move. Now, my complaint, and I think you and I are lockstep on this, mm-hmm. is it's taken too, too long. damn long it's taken too to long. charge people with the crimes they committed. But that doesn't mean this investigative model, unorthodox mm-hmm. though it is, isn't, isn't going to be the right model in the long run. So is, is J6, right? Let's, let's say this. Is J6, this presentation, do you believe forcing the Department of Justice's hand? Have we moved to the place where we're no longer, where the world now is front row to the crimes that were committed, is front row to all of the actors involved, front row to the fact that Donald Trump from election day 2020 until January 6th was told by multiple people you did not win the election. There was no fraud. 
Does this force the Department of Justice hand to say, we have enough to indict because there was will, and is it is it willful intent? Because he knew, so they can't play devil's advocate for his attorneys. What are you saying? That Donald Trump did not know? That he lost? Like, how, how would you deny the reality that we're all seeing? Yeah, you, you can't deny the reality. Now, defense attorneys try to deny reality every day, and that's not a criticism of defense attorneys. I, I honor and respect them for the work they do trying to protect people accused of a crime, trying to hold the government to its proof beyond a reasonable doubt, and trying to guard against prosecutorial and police overreach and misconduct. So I love, respect, and honor defense attorneys. But when the facts show their client is guilty, they don't go into court and say, yeah, you got me. He's guilty. They go in and they distract, they mischaracterize, they misdirect, because that is their job. Their job is not to lie, yeah. but it's to do all those other things. Do they do it convincingly? No, not, not most of the time, sometimes. Um, but, but you ask the question, is this enough for DOJ to move? Is yeah. it going to pressure them? And the answer is yes and no. But, it's, but the answer is all good. Because now that we had a front row seat, like you just said, the world has a front row seat and we're going to see all of the evidence that will give DOJ the added comfort level that it needs. Not the added evidence, but the added comfort level that it needs to be able to bring these charges and not be credibly accused of doing it for political reasons. Because one, we mm -hmm. see Republicans laying out the evidence in these hearings against Donald Trump for the crimes he committed. We see a bipartisan committee of Congress laying it out. It's going to be a bipartisan committee that refers Donald Trump for prosecution. And here's the thing, Danielle, let me go back mm -hmm. to the fact that the grand jury is secret. If we didn't know any of this evidence that we are going to see with our own eyes, history in the making, these next six weeks, these public hearings, if we didn't see it, you know when we would begin to see it? Maybe two or three years down the road when we finally had public trials kick off. Not indictments will come long before the trials, obviously. And we would see it one witness at a time. We wouldn't see the whole picture. We wouldn't see the whole movie. We wouldn't even see the trailer. We'd get an opening statement, but that's not as compelling as seeing the witnesses with our own eyes. And with this is what happens during criminal trials. With each witness in isolation, the defense forces will amass to beat that witness and that witness's story to a bloody pulp and try to get people to disbelieve witness one. Now, tomorrow, we're going to try to get you to disbelieve witness two, then witness three, then witness 850, then witness 1,000. And we would be beaten down when the, when the information about Donald Trump's crimes dribbled out incrementally over the course of months and months and months. Here, we've got the whole story that is being presented to us in living color. Then the indictments will come. That's why I'm saying, although it's taken too long and although democracy hangs in the balance, and that's the part I will never be able to get past, this may be a smart tactical approach to this whole big criminal ball of wax. Last question, Glenn. What happens? If nothing happens, what happens if this is it? 
all it is is a docu-series, six part, you know, that the world is captivated by and nothing happens. That's the most important question right there. And that's the one that's easiest to answer. Our democracy dies. And the reason our democracy dies is because we have seen and we will continue to see the crimes, the seditious conspiracy, the inciting an insurrection, and the treason, flat out treason. Donald Trump, having an allegiance to the United States, waged war, levied war against the United States. And I wish we had hours to talk about what we saw last night um, that supports that conclusion. Like he wouldn't call for reinforcements to, to defend the Capitol. So Mike Pence had to assume the duties of the presidency and call for reinforcements. That's pretty damn dramatic. That doesn't make Mike Pence a hero, but Mike Pence did what he could overstepping his, the bounds of his authority to protect and defend the people in the Capitol when Donald Trump abdicated his responsibility to do that. He waged, he levied war against the United States. That's treason. So we've seen all this. We're gonna see it all with our own eyes. If nothing comes of it, if no one is criminally held accountable, then Ron DeSantis in the horrific event, he becomes the Republican nominee because he is a mini Trump. He aspires to be all that Donald Trump is on the criminality front and then some, and on the weaponizing of government front and then some, DOJ will be mm -hmm. giving Ron DeSantis and those of his ilk, mm -hmm. not just permission, but encouragement to do everything Donald Trump did and then some. And that more. represents yep. the end of our democracy. DOJ will indict Donald Trump and company because the 110,000 employees there are not interested in seeing our democracy end. From your lips, Glenn, we will follow this, follow you, and follow and see what comes. If it is at the end of this six-part presentation, if it is midway through, but my God, if this happens and we are crickets, I don't I don't know if midterms matter, right? Is is what is is what I will say. I don't know if anything matters if there is no movement. Um so I I pray that what this is is forcing the Department of Justice's hand. Maybe they've already been we know, you know, that they've been slowly indicting the foot soldiers, but my God, they have got to act after this. Glenn Kirshner, as always, such a pleasure. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you next week, Danielle. Thanks. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. 